I think the hardest part of writing anything is getting the exposition out easily without hitting people over the head with it. Jillian Bell. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. We are continuing our series talking about exposition and info dumping and how to avoid it by going into character abilities. We spoke last episode about magic systems and how to build a framework and slowly trickle in as your character is learning about said magic system. Today's episode is more about the skills and the abilities and the possibly more plausible things that your characters can do. Learning languages and kung fu and all of that jazz. So just like magic, you start with a foundation. You start with the framework of what they can do in the beginning. So when you set up that initial framework for what they can do, that kind of gives you a direction for the challenges and problems that they're going to face that are going to stretch their capabilities later in the story. In the game Dungeons & Dragons, you have a skill list where, yes, I'm good at athletics, I am good at swimming, I am bad at understanding anything about nobility. These things that the character is good and bad at. It's not a terribly riveting read. It's understood that your character has skills and has interests beyond what's necessary for this particular story. They will have things they are good at, things that they are bad at. Both are necessary to make the ending interesting, but we don't need to know all of them, especially right away. If you think about it in a D&D context, if you sit down and you're playing with your friends, you don't list out every single skill that your character has at the beginning. Your party members usually only find out about them once they become relevant for a fight. If this particular group of players are used to each other, they might look across the table and go, okay, who's good at picking locks? Okay, you're going to go there. So we know a single attribute about that one character instead of learning, okay, everything that character A is good at versus character B. Training montages and action sequences are another very useful tool for introducing what your character can do, their abilities. If your character is learning, this is a really good opportunity to build what they can do, to improve, to show. Just like training with magic, using that mentor character to teach them magic over time, with this, you are starting out with your character who wants to be an assassin, maybe they're not a great fighter, Over the course of the story, they're being trained, they're being taught, they're learning what works and what doesn't. Of course, this does change a little bit if your character is already trained. We're starting off the book and they're a CIA super spy. In that case, put their skills to the test. Throw them into a situation so that we can see them backflip with a chair attached to their wrists and then get out of whatever it is, standing jazz hands applause so that we know, hey, this person's good at what they do. Besides, those action scenes, those action sequences are entertaining. They are the fun parts of a story to read if you are showing off their physical abilities. Be careful though, these trainings, these action sequences aren't going to be a single scene. They're going to build slowly through the story. So no Herculean transformations within a single musical number. But those are fun, everyone likes a musical. That doesn't translate well to books. (laughs) Because it's really hard to show that fast forward in time. We'll be like, yeah, cool, bro. Awesome music. 
crossfade. <laughs> In all seriousness, if you throw this information too quickly at your readers, they're not going to absorb most of what you're doing. That's why this slow trickle we've been talking about all month is going to serve you better, especially if you want them to learn something. And if your character's learning too quickly, it's simply implausible. I really don't like books where the character is not good at something and then suddenly very good at something. Because that's not how actual human learning works. I'm just going to say from experience, having a character who is learning something and it's put to test for the first time, even if they do well at it, there's this internal, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, panic underlying the entire scene that makes it very entertaining to read. For other types of skill sets that they have. You know, most of what we've kind of talked about is a little bit more of the action fighting abilities. Not all abilities are fighting. Some of your characters are going to be better with politicking, some are better with computers or medicine or history, and the list goes on and on and on. Give them challenges to show off their skills. When you have a collection of people, each with an individual skill set, you think a heist story like Ocean's Eleven, Give each of these people a location at which we meet them that is relevant to their skill set. So we met the hacker character in the back of a van outside of an internet cafe. We know who he is. We're going to remember his skill set because we remember that entire scene. In Ocean's Eleven, if I remember correctly, it's been a minute since I watched it, but each character had a scene for themselves to introduce what they could do. And it was a little bit like Danny Ocean introducing his protege to the rest of the crew that they were going to be working with. But he didn't introduce all 10 of them at once. He introduced them one at a time or two at a time, depending, you know, if they were two people usually working together. So we met the acrobat at the circus. And then just like in the magic system, use the weaknesses to your advantage. The weaknesses tell a lot about a character and what they find important. If you have a character that's good at hand-to-hand, but not with ranged weapons, that tells me a lot about the character's build. That tells me a lot about what kind of person they are. If they go into a fight and want to have that almost intimacy with fighting, or if they'd rather snipe them from 100 yards. I had a character, my CIA super spy, was really protective over his ears. That was like his main advantage in combat, so he would choose his fights very carefully based on the acoustics of the room and how to limit guns in the area because he was very protective over what he could hear. This is how he gets brought down by the bad guys later on is they set off something super loud by his ears. Their weaknesses are also a really good chance for you to create conflict within your story. Because your character cannot win at everything. They cannot excel at every single challenge they come up against. So you can target their weaknesses specifically when you provide them with challenges. That they need to overcome that in order to achieve their goal in the end. And if it's your main character, make sure the villain knows about this weakness. This is something he can use to exploit the main character. To prove that lie that the main character believes about themselves to themselves. Your villain is that much more villainous if they know your character's weaknesses. And of course, 
The biggest suggestion we have to avoid info dumping what your character can do is to only show what the audience actually needs to know. Your character might be fantastic at crocheting, but unless it's relevant to the plot, we don't need to know that. This is especially true for your characters with combat skills, because I've never met somebody who is actually good at combat talking about the fact that they're actually good at combat. So not talking about their skills, but instead letting them show when the time comes is a very easy character trait to integrate into your story and still let it be both in character and entertaining and educational to your readers. Knowing their abilities, their strengths and their weaknesses will really help you get to know the character. It will really help you challenge your story and give good conflict because the conflict is the basis for how you introduce what your character can do. Conflict is also the reason why any of these characters have any of these abilities. So we're going to talk a little bit about their personalities next episode and their backstory the episode after that. But keep in mind, as you are creating these skills, these abilities, they got it from somewhere and a lot of their weaknesses and a lot of their abilities and what they're good at came from this history that they have. And it needs to play into the story somehow. Create scenes, create opportunities for you to show off relevant abilities. Trickle them in throughout the story. You don't need to have your entire act one jam-packed with action just so you can show off all of the things that your character can do. They will come across these trials in the middle of act one, beginning of act two, end of act two. These three trials that they will fail at in some regard. These are great opportunities for you to show off your character's abilities, what they're good at, what they're not. The book I'm reading right now, the main character, he likes food. He's in a completely new world. He doesn't know what's going on around him. So he connects with the locals by going to the cooks and going, hey, teach me a recipe. Completely not relevant to anything that's going on, but it makes him an interesting character. Having these trickled in throughout your story makes the character interesting, it makes the plot interesting, and it makes your writing interesting. But only if you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>